What a picture of what we want for each other. What I long for, for every person who doesn't know Jesus yet. They don't know that we can have that peace. They don't know that even though things don't always go like we want them to, that there's a peace that passes understanding, that, that just covers us, envelops us. And sometimes we don't experience that like we can, like it's available to us. And so it's a great thing to remember. In the midst of difficulty, which we're always in, maybe a little bit more right now than usual, but we're always in it. We can always have that peace uh, that he's promised to us. That peace that he told his disciples, my peace I give to you, my peace I leave with you. In the world, you're going to have trouble. But in him, there's peace. Let's turn our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13, as we really, we're going to reiterate a little bit of what we just sang about as well. As we look at God's amazing desire to reward his people. Hebrews chapter 13, starting with verse 15. Continuing on from where we left off last week, and some of you have been thinking about your account in heaven this week, maybe more than you have ever before or lately. As we talked about that passage in Philippians chapter 4 that spoke of the Philippians' gifts that helped the Apostle Paul in his ministry, but that wasn't the point of them. The point was, as Paul said, that he was concerned for what would be credited to their account. And that account is the rewards that God is planning to give all of his children. As parents reward their kids, God's going to reward us. And here's using some of the same words that Paul used in in Philippians 4. The writer of Hebrews says in verse 15, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. The fruit of lips that confess his name. And do not forget to do good and to share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will will be a joy, not a burden. For that would be of no advantage to you. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that confess his name. When Paul was talking about giving, as we we saw last week, He said that it was a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Fragrant meaning, as I was smelling the fragrance of those flowers, that 
the picture in the Old Testament that's, that's created by the offerings is that the smoke of the, of the sacrifices and, the, and the, the smoke of the incense that was, that was offered was, was a, a fragrant offering that was going up to God. Well, we don't do those kinds of sacrifices. Those were pictures of the ultimate sacrifice, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. And so now we don't, we don't offer things, we don't burn things that, that make smoke but we offer other kinds of sacrifices with which God is glorified and pleased. And he says that he will reward us for doing those things which are pleasing to him. We don't often think of praise in this way. We don't think of praise as being something that is a sacrifice to God with which he's pleased. Do you think of what you're doing this morning as you've been praising God? And and remember, when I say as you've been praising God, I'm assuming that you've been praising God this morning. I can't take that for granted. Just because our mouths were moving or our eyes might have been closed or our, our hand might have been up, just because we were doing some outward things doesn't mean we were praising God necessarily. But I'm assuming that if you went to the trouble of getting here this morning, and I know it's trouble. There's even more trouble this week than most weeks for me because I did a lot more chainsawing this week than I was planning on doing. And I don't know how holding something out here can hurt something back here so, you know, so much. And so I know some of you were, were you know, crawling around this morning trying to get ready, trying to get things together. And I know that for some of you, that's the way it is every single week. I know that's how it was for Miss Kitty. It was never, since I've known her, it was never an easy Sunday morning for her to get here. I mean, she'd stop at the, at the wooden benches outside from her car to the wooden bench and have a seat, take a break, catch her breath. Then she'd come in and sit in one of the chairs in the foyer, take a break, catch her breath. Then she'd come into her seat toward the back of the sanctuary, take a breath, and whew, and then she was good for a while. It was tough every single Sunday morning that she came here. And what a blessing it was that she came. I, I understand why God wants her, wanted her to be here, even though it was hard to do it. I understand why he wanted her to be here, because of how much it meant to me and to everybody else who knew her and saw the sacrifice that she was making Because you're here by sacrifice this morning. You gave up something to get here. He's not just using a a figure of speech here to call praise a, a sacrifice. It is a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice to get together. For some people, it's a huge deal to be around other people, period. Let alone then being asked to sing out loud next to them and in front of them and behind them. For some people, that is a tremendous sacrifice. But for all of us, it costs us something to get here. And then to offer the fruit of lips that praise his name, to outwardly use these voices. Some people have such great voices that we give them things to make them even louder. These microphones. 
Others of us should have one of those mute things they put in a trumpet, you know, just to kind of tone it down a little bit. But you know what? It's not, it's not about what the sound sounds like. It's who the sound is being offered up to. The fruit of lips that confess his name. He is glorified and rewards those who will take these lips that he's given us, these lungs that he's given us, that all have different capacities as, as Miss Kitty taught us. But as we use these bodies, these minds, these hearts that he's given us and use it to outwardly express what we believe inwardly about our Savior. He is glorified by that. He desires that. Do you remember in Luke 17 when Jesus healed 10 lepers? It's coming up on Thanksgiving. I usually remind you of this story at some point during this month, and I'll probably bring it back later. But do you remember that story? You, you should remember. If you've been at Midway at all, you should remember it. We talk about it hopefully every year. But do you remember? He healed 10 lepers. And the, and the life of a leper in Israel, in Palestine, in that area was awful, terrible. And he healed them. And they didn't get healed until they left him, until, they, until they, they did what he said. He said, I want you to go present yourself to the priests. And while they were going, they were healed. And one of the ten came back and fell on his knees and thanked Jesus for what he was doing. And you know what Jesus said? Where are the other nine? Is there only one and him, a foreigner, because he was a Samaritan, who has come back to praise God? That meant something to Jesus. It meant something to him that the one did come back. It meant something to him that the other nine didn't. And do you see what, what, what Jesus called the thanksgiving and the posture of, of, of bowing down to him? Do you see what Jesus called? He called it praise. That leper didn't know a whole lot about Jesus. He didn't know a lot of the theology behind who Jesus was. He didn't realize probably that Jesus was God himself. But he knew there was some kind of connection. And so he was praising God as he thanked Jesus. Well, we know from the word of God that Jesus is God, that Jesus is worthy and deserving of all of our praise. We know from the word of God that Jesus is our creator. He made us. As David said in Psalm 139, he formed us in our mother's wombs. He, he is our creator. He's God. And he deserves all of our praise. And he is pleased when we offer this sacrifice of praise, when we confess with our lips that he alone is God, that he alone is worthy of our praise, 
that he alone is worthy of our coming together and singing, that he alone is worthy of our driving down the road and singing praise to his name, that he alone is worthy in our conversations of being thanked and praised for the things that he's doing in our lives every day. Even when things aren't going great, he's still at work. He's still worthy of our praise. How encouraged are we when when we're talking with somebody and even though they're going through a tough thing, they'll also find something to thank God for within their circumstance. Have you been finding things to thank God for within our circumstances? Have you been praising him? Have you been offering him the sacrifice of praise as we go through these these rough days, this tough stuff, this stressful time? Have you been finding, there are reasons, I hope you're finding them. And then I hope that you're making the sacrifice, giving up something is a sacrifice, giving up the complaining that you might have been doing about what's going on, giving up the woe is me mentality when another thing happens and you're wondering, how much more can I take? And you're tempted just to fall into that pit of despair and hopelessness, but you're sacrificing that, you're giving that up, you're, you're withstanding that temptation, and instead you're, putting, you're turning it back to praise because you found a reason in the midst of it to thank him, to praise him because he's doing and has done some things and will do some things in our lives that nobody else can do. As we reflect on what he's done, when we reflect on the cross, and we think of that as as the symbol of the expression of God's great love for us. For God demonstrates his own love for us in this, Romans 5.8, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know when's a good time to think about that and to praise God for that? All the time. Even even when things are at their seeming worst. Nothing and nobody can take that away from us. Because he loves us so much that Jesus died for us and rose again so that the Holy Spirit could come into our lives and seal us for him. Keep us for him. Guarantee for us that we are forgiven and that we've been gifted with eternal life. So that when that day does come for us, like it came for Kitty this past week, we're ready for that. She wasn't dreading that. Oh, there was some, I'm sure, like for everybody, well, that's really weird thinking about what that's going to be like. Because we've heard so many things about the, the light. and the, You know, you know what's going to happen, don't you? Look with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. This is awesome. The word of God is awesome. Thanks again for your your gift to us as a staff for pastor appreciation. But I'm telling you, I get to do this. What a blessing. 
Thank you. Thank you, God. 2 Corinthians 5, starting with verse 1. Now we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, and some of us have indications that it's being destroyed, especially after chainsaw weeks, We have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan. That's the truth. We don't know how long that meanwhile is, but we groan. Longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened because we do not want to be unclothed but to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Praise God, that day is coming. Now, it is God who has made us for this very purpose and has given us the Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. We live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one of us, may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. You see what's going to happen? There's going to be this one moment when that moment that we breathe our last is the exact same moment that we are in his presence. That's the length of the journey. That is nothing to be afraid of. That is something to look forward to, that when we wake up, we are in his presence. That's the promise of God. And knowing that, being confident of that, because of the promises of God, again, not because some some man dreamed this up. This is God's plan. This is God's redemptive plan in the midst of this fallen, broken world, which we're all well aware of, and right stuck in the middle of it, suffering as we are through it, groaning and burdened. We do it looking forward to what he's promised. And as he's promised, he's going to sit at the judgment seat of Christ, and he's going to reward us. And one of those rewards, one of those ways that he's rewarding us is the way that we use these lips to praise his name. The way that we sacrifice to praise his name. Y'all are doing that this morning. You made the sacrifice to come and praise his name. You made the sacrifice once you got here to praise his name. You didn't have to. Even once you got here, You could have just stood there or even just sat there and not done it. Refused to do it. Because things aren't going well enough for you to praise him. But you made the sacrifice, those of you who praised him. 
and said, in spite of the fact that things aren't going perfectly, he still deserves my praise. He's still my savior. He is still the one who's going to bring me home the moment my last breath is taken in this life. And nobody, nothing can stop that from happening, can keep him from doing that. And so, let's continually, as he says, that's a strong, long word, back to Hebrews 13. Let's continually offer to God the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that confess his name. It's good for us to do it. It reminds us of all that he's done as we do it. It's good for us. He knew what he was doing when he motivated us by, the, by this, this idea of rewards. He knows that once we do this, it's good for us. It helps us. But the best thing about it is it pleases him. And we're going to have the opportunity when we see him face to face, when we stand before him at the judgment seat of Christ, we're going to have the opportunity to receive the rewards that he's prepared for his glory to give to us for doing the things that he's called us to do. Praise being one of them. We talked about giving last week as one of them. Well, praise is another one. And so let's continually do it. Do it every week. And then in between the weeks when we, when we get together, do it in between. Continually offer this pray, this sacrifice of praise. Don't get caught in that pit of despair, in that pit of woe is me. What more can happen? Don't get caught in that. When you catch yourself saying those words, when you catch yourself thinking those thoughts, think about what Jesus has done for you. Think about what the writer of Hebrews said in chapter 12. When he said, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and then sat down at the right hand of the Father. Let's think about Jesus when we're thinking, oh, well, not one more thing. Jesus didn't do that. He didn't say, oh, man, I can't, I'm not doing this anymore. I, can, I can't believe this one more. I can't. No. He saw the joy that was set before him, and he kept on going. And we fix our eyes on him, and we can continually offer to him the sacrifice of praise. Whether things are going great or things are going lousy, we can offer to him the sacrifice of praise. And then glorify him in eternity when he rewards us for doing it. And as the elders in the Revelation laid their crowns down, we'll be able to do the same thing if we... We don't deserve this. We don't deserve this from you after all you've done for us. He said, hey, it's, it's my honor to give you this because you're my child. You're my son. You're my daughter. And as he told Jesus, he'll be able to tell us, I'm pleased with you. I'm pleased you did that. It honors me, it glorifies me to give you this reward. And so in receiving those rewards, we'll continue to give him the praise and the honor that he deserves because this is his plan. So clearly demonstrated to us throughout the word, we need to look at it, we need to glory in it. We need to have 20-20 vision of God's plan to reward his people. 
And he's going to do it partly based on us continually offering to him the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that praise his name, that confess his name. Jesus, he is the all-sufficient Savior. Praise his name. Let's bow together for, for prayer. Heavenly Father, what a Savior you have provided for us. Nobody else would have, nobody else could have done for us what Jesus has done. Father, you know the little bit of my longing for those who don't know you to come to know you, but I know you long more for it because you know better what's going to happen in their lives, what you have to offer them. Such a more full understanding of it. We thank you for your understanding. We thank you for your ways. And we pray that you would work in the lives of those who are within our our service today in whatever capacity. If they don't know you, Father, help them. Help them to believe. Give them that faith to put their trust in Jesus alone. The only one who can save them. The only one who could go to the cross and do something with that terrible experience. Because he was the perfect lamb of God. Help them to put their trust in him this morning. And Father, for those of us who have, help us never stop. Praising.